So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha and K. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 12. This week, Brittany's mom, Cindy, meets up with Brittany's stepdad, Gil. John avoids the newly evicted Tara. Sarah avoids telling Michael she broke up with Malcolm. Sean plots a way to get his car back from Destiny. Papa John and Con John have a confrontation. And Amber seeks to rid herself of Vince as Puppy plots revenge. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things? Things are good. Happy President's Day. Yes, President's Day, and we had Valentine's Day yesterday. It's all... All right. And then my uh-huh. mom's birthday was the day before that. Oh, yeah? So, big, big weekend for you, huh? Yes, very big weekend. Because, I mean, celebrating the presidents is the biggest deal for you. That, that's... <laughs> of all sure those three, yeah. obviously. Right, right. Definitely. <laughs> all right. So, let's go ahead and jump right in. I'm going to start with Brittany and Marcelino. So, we're up in Alaska where Brittany's mom, Cindy, is confronting her mom, Jackie. Cindy runs out because she is upset that Jackie isn't taking any kind of responsibility for her actions. Brittany sticks around to see that Jackie is crying and she hugs Jackie in comfort. Brittany recognizes that Jackie's mom was also terrible and sees that this is a vicious cycle. Brittany then goes out to talk with Cindy and Cindy continues to vent about her situation. Brittany says that Cindy doesn't need validation and they can't expect apologies. Brittany points out that Cindy is on the same path as Jackie and she very well could end up in a chair alone in a house. Brittany insists that she has to let it go as she hugs her mom. Marcelino joins in and hugs Cindy, and she continues to cry. Marcelino fears that the confrontation could possibly trigger Cindy, but he hopes that it will set her straight. They are back in a cabin where the family is getting dressed up in camo pattern. Marcelino says that he's not going to get crept up on by no moose. Cindy joins the family, saying that she is feeling really good and excited for the day. Brittany thinks this trip has been really good for her mom, and it's been a while since she's seen her this open. Giovanni, Brittany's son, then asks when Grandpa is going to be there. Brittany tells him soon, implying that Cindy will have a potential meeting with her ex next up on her confrontation tour. Brittany says that he's bringing his new partner, Shannon, and says that Cindy needs to be on her best behavior. Cindy is all dolled up, and she worries if her makeup is too much. Brittany gives us a little history on Cindy's ex and her stepdad, Gil. He was married to Cindy, and they had two children of their own and raised all the kids as one big happy family. Brittany considers him her dad and seems to have a lot of love and respect for him. Cindy goes to give Gil a hug and shakes Shannon's hand. Marcelino tells us that Gil had an addictive past, but as soon as he became a dad, he stepped things up. Gil takes Brittany outside to ask her why she brought Cindy there. Brittany tells him that she hopes that confronting her past will help her move forward. Gil warns Brittany that things are good for her and she is clearly on the straight and narrow, but if having Cindy in her life jeopardizes or endangers Brittany's family, she has got to protect her family. Gil says that he hopes Brittany knows what she's doing. All right, so, uh, you know, we did see Gil at Brittany's wedding, so this isn't the first time we've seen him. Uh Uh-huh. but, you know, there's a lot of bad things that happened in Brittany's past. Do you think Gil was around when Brittany was running away? I, I don't know because I mean she said she ran away when she was like 12 or something yeah that's when it started that's when it started it's conceivable but it's also conceivable that he could have been gone by then because it seems to me that he was driven away by Cindy's drug use that's true right and if he always stayed in Alaska and all this was going on in Vegas that also kind of fits in yeah yeah because I mean that's that. the, that's similar to the same thing that Brittany was running away from and so it wouldn't mm-hmm. it would kind of make sense if those things happened really close together but yes Brittany was running away in Vegas because we saw she said this is where I slept this is where I right. had that thing right and that was all in Vegas and if he was in Alaska then it probably happened after Cindy had left Alaska, but which mm-hmm. seems unfortunate because he seems like he would be a good dude to have had around. Yeah, like, definitely. During that time, like 
Like he just, yeah. he, he just, I mean, he seemed to genuinely have care for her. I mean, he seemed to be of all the people in her, in her life, the most stable person, but that's also sure. why he couldn't hang around. Like he couldn't deal with the instability of Cindy with her drug use. Right. And it sounded like he had kind of the same background, but at least when he became a parent, at least in, you know, their eye. So he became a parent as soon as him and Cindy were together, because one of the things that I thought was really sweet of Brittany to say was that he always treated all the kids equally, right. even when they weren't biologically his. And that would include Brittany because Brittany's dad is someone else biologically. But this was her stepdad slash. She just refers to him. She, she, she calls dad. him my father. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that's the kind of relationship it is where it's like, yes, like technically and biologically if they were doing a medical history you know sure. his his things wouldn't come up but in terms of like everything the way she thinks about him she thinks of him as as her father yeah and so it just seems like he did kind of step it up at least by everybody else's account and right. cindy was the one who just kept the party going yes that's what it sounds like and it's like i don't know i thought it was kind of unusual because i mean if that's the case then him and cindy have been apart for a lo- very long time Right? Yes. A very long time. That, like, when he brought Brittany outside, he kind of had to, like, make sure and clarify. He was like, you know me and your mom are not getting back together, right? Like, <laughs> it was like, do you really? Th- I, I mean, it seems, if that, I don't know if that's something she had tried to work out before or if that's something Cindy's tried to make behind. But, like, it seems like a weird thing to be on the front of his mind when he was like, when they were like, oh, I brought my mom to Alaska. Is his first thought was, well, you're not trying to get us back together, right? Uh, I didn't really take it that way. I think he was just looking out for Brittany mm-hmm. because it made it seem like, yeah, this can jeopardize your family, your family safety. And it has. Right? right. So I think he knows that you don't want to get stuck in that vacuum. That- oh, sure, sure, sure. And maybe I, maybe I misread it a little bit. It was something he said very at the beginning. Obviously, for the vast majority of the conversation, he was bit there looking, you got to be careful. I've been down yes. this road before. I know what this how this works. And so do you. Like, be very, very careful. But, like, I feel like at the beginning of the conversation, and maybe I misread it, like, not get back together. But I think he was mm-hmm. kind of saying, you know, me and your mother are not going to be in each other's lives, like, at all. Like, that's not we're not going to be friends we're not going to have a like working relationship sure like, and there really um, is no reason because all the children are adult children at this point totally totally yeah i mean if i was him though i would like i certainly would still want to have a relationship with Brittany because i want to i wouldn't be able to see those grandkids and things like that right but i mean when you're adults it's kind of like you don't need to go through parents anymore right right they can just have can a just relationship establish yourself. that relationship herself right right sure because, I mean, it yeah. seems like those kids were, uh, or at least the one kid, the oldest one, Giovanni, was really into Alaska and the fishing. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. And they were just like, Grandpa, when's Grandpa? When are you going to see Grandpa? Yeah. Like, they uh, they really into the camo. Like, it doesn't doesn't work as oh well. Oh, my and... gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, this is what I'm I was sure, going to say. I'm sure. I, I, I've never been to Vegas, but I'm sure there's plenty of dudes in camo oh, cargo yeah. shorts in Vegas. Yeah. But how is wearing camo going to make sure that no moose is going to creep up on you? It's he like, seems to think right. moose are very aggressive and they will like hunt out the Puerto Rican because he's <laughs> always scared about moose. I feel like it's more likely that the moose is going to creep up on you if it can't see you because you're hiding from it in camouflage. Like I would wear yeah. like I would want to wear the like, bright orange like, you know, hunter gear being like, oh, the moose knows that those are the people that shoot it. So it well, stays away from them. Well, if moose are ag- as aggressive as he thinks they are, they're first of all not creeping up on you in the first place. They're just straight up charging at you. Fair, fair. And moose are big. Yes, they are very big. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on, let's go to, let's go to Sarah Michael. So we open with them where we left off a couple weeks ago. Malcolm leaves the date with Sarah after early after breaking up with her. Sarah doesn't want to tell Michael what happened. She doesn't want him to think she's available and also doesn't want him to think that he won, even though both of those strings are pretty much absolutely true. Uh, when she gets back to the house, she and Michael give each other a hard time about how things went that evening, um, even though she didn't say Malcolm broke up. She said instead, oh, no, we hooked up. We totally had sex. It was great. 
you know, half serious. Everything was half serious, half joking. Culminating in Michael wanting to check her out and make sure everything is as it was before she oh left. My I'm gosh. not. I I was very confused. They continued giving each other a hard time about whether she and Malcolm had sex and and if they did, if that counts as cheating. In an interview, Michael describes their situation as an open marriage, which is a claim that I'm pretty confident Sarah would dispute. Yeah. Uh, His argument seems to be that since they both prioritize putting the children first, that means it's a marriage. And since they sleep with other people, that means it's open. I was having a hard time following his logic. Oh, goodness. But then they goof uh, about, like, goof about, about, like, the people lying and if, if she needs assistance getting dressed. But anyway, Michael thinks that he can have sex with Sarah whenever he wants. And so after she goes um, into her room, he follows her to seemingly put that theory to the test. All right. Gross. So let's go with that. Um, can you pinpoint some of the important differences between... Um, Going through a divorce and being in an open marriage? Oh, my gosh. First of all, <laughs> this is not an open marriage. It's a marriage of convenience? No, I wouldn't even say that. It's more like a marriage in name only. Yes. It's like the only reason why they are not divorced is because they both get benefits from it on, like, each end. So he thinks that he gets more rights to the kids if he doesn't get divorced. So Mm -hmm. he's really not trying to, you know, push that. She is trying to hold something over him to make him somehow responsible and obligated to her, and that's by staying married. But in no way is this any kind of resemblance of actual marriage. No. So how can you consider it an open marriage? They, they're they not in a relationship with one another. And I mean, as much as an open relationship includes other people, which is what I think he thinks of this as being, it's like you don't actually have a relationship with one another. So how is it open? Yeah, I mean, it just seemed to me like... He was just like, I mean, it's it's definitely something, one of those things. She was openly dating someone else. And it's yeah. not like she was, op- it's not like an open marriage means that there's some sort of commitment between the two people and they come to, you know, agreement. And there's ground rules and there's things about what people can do and can't do. And it's it's very hard to make work uh, appropriately, assuming both people, and both people have to want to, right? It's, it's right. never going to be a one-sided thing, but it's, it, 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 open marriage, the, the key part is the marriage part. Open is the... uh is the modifier marriage is the right. key part. and they're not married and they, except for like oh by the way i'm technically still married so like they're technically married but yeah. that's yeah that's why i say in name only and i feel like if that were really happening all these other like characters would know that they were an open like maria would know yep. oh i'm in an open marriage malcolm would know oh she's in an open marriage but none of these people they thought that they were being excluded Exclusive with them when that's yes. not the case. Right, right. All of those people thought, oh, you're in the process of getting divorced. And it just right. it hasn't been finalized yet. And even Michael thought that up until he was single again. Of right? course. Because it benefits him. Yes. He's so selfish. I, And I will say this because I know we compare their situation, trying to co-parent and, and being, you know, divorced with my situation because that's what I, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And we do that a lot. And... Like, oh, my God, I would be horrified to act like Michael does with my ex. That would, Oh, God. That, it was so gross. It's so cringy. And like, like to the point where I'll be like, she would be like, you need to leave now. Like, I, I can't I couldn't imagine that, any other. She would slap you. She, she any would. other was, OK, either you are going to leave this house or I'm going to leave this house. But one of those two things yeah. is happening right now. Like, I it's can't. super weird. Like, I don't know what you're the, doing. From the first step like not even like he took it really far so that's the idea that sarah is some that she's convinced herself that she's somehow over him when she you know treats what he's doing with anything but abject horror and disgust is oh, like right. no like you're Instead, not over she him giggles and yeah. it's like oh yeah that, this is the reason why he thinks he still has you because he does and, like, following yeah. okay so you know i know she's one of those people that's like pretend flirty putting up a fight you know like what are you doing get out of here but she doesn't yeah. actually try to get him out of there other than get out get out like that's not the same thing it would have been yes if it was the other way what are you doing get out of here like that that's a little that's very different than what are you doing what get out get out get out it's like oh my gosh 
treat him like someone that you really don't want to have in your room. Yes, because that is not it. Yeah, definitely not. Honestly, like after this slip up, it's like, I'm sorry. I can never take Sarah seriously again. No. You know, she can yell and scream how much she hates Michael, how terrible he is, how she'll never fall for his tricks, how she needs a good man, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of at the end of the day, girl, you deserve it. Yeah. Y'all are on the, you're in the same boat now. Y'all deserve each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they really do. I mean, I, yeah. Huh. I guess I hope it works for them. Nah, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Just don't drag anyone else Just into your Don't drag more people into terrible. it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There has, she has to be in a very different place before she should be dragging anybody else into this. That's true. Right. So speaking of the vortex of terrible, let's talk Sean and Destiny. So Sean asks Destiny if she even ever loved him. Destiny says that he was just a trick to her and she will hit him again, regardless of the fact that they're in front of the courthouse. Sean keeps talking to her and she gets out of the car to walk away. Destiny continues to tell him to go away. She wants nothing to do with him and she just needs her space. Sean says that she owes him a conversation. After all, he's given her and she just ghosted him. Destiny says that she thought he was a completely different person and she points out his lies, including his baby mama drama and how he kept lying and telling her he was talking to Hector. He's stammering with more excuses and lies and Destiny just keeps cutting him off. Destiny says that he is trying to run game on her and she says that he's clueless and his money just means nothing. She says her slowest moves are his fastest moves, and she's 29 and he's 45, so she'll run circles around him. She tells him he can't be honest with her or himself. She tells us that she's seeing some, someone, someone else. She reminds him of what she told him from the beginning. The only unforgivable act would be to lie, and he's done that. Sean just stares at her speechless. She throws the quote, punk-ass ring, unquote, at him and says that she's done. Sean manages to spit out, it's like that? He tells us that he can't believe all of this and he feels like this was a scam and he was just trying to get everything, she was just trying to get everything she could from him. But she has his car and credit cards, so it's not a game to him. Sean vows that he will find a way to get the car back, whether it's peacefully or not. Sean says the credit card is maxed out, so he's just going to cancel it. I don't know if he realizes that that still means he has to pay for it. And now he just, you know, needs to work towards getting the car back. Sean says it all makes sense now, and he feels used. He uh, goes to stake out the address he got the pizza delivery guy to give him. He parks down the street so she can't see him, and eventually she pulls up in Sean's car. As soon as she goes in the house, Sean calls a tow truck, saying that he wants to get his car stored at a dealership until he can figure out what to do with it. He isn't sure whose house it is, and he says he doesn't care about his $50,000. He just wants his stuff back. All right. That that economically makes no sense. It's not I a $50,000 like car. No, it's not. <laughs> so that's just dumb. I don't know, Sean, but whatever. We never said Sean was smart. All right. But Sean, you know, he... He claims, like, before, this isn't a scam. This is a scam. I feel scammed. Do you think Sean would fall for something like this again? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I know, right? Such I definitely feel like anybody that shows shows him her tits is, like, in. Like, that's all it takes. Yeah. Like, right. They're done. Scammed. Successfully got him, got him locked down. No, but she <laughs> loves me. I've never felt this way about anyone before. Boobs. We really love each other. I like her boobs. I think that was yeah. the extent of what he had, and that is it. He's such an easy target. He would oh definitely my God, fall for this really again. He really is. Because even this, even this is, you know what words he never said to Destiny? Give me my car. I know, right? Like, it's such a passive aggressive bullshit. Like, I mean, it is. I, mean, I, I, I was, I was confused because before he started talking about it, because she drove off. I was like, wait, isn't that his car? Like the yeah. audacity to throw your wedding ring at me, tell me to leave you alone, and then drive off in my car. Like, dude, because if you threw the ring at me, I'd be like, can you throw me the car keys too? Because that's yeah. what I want now. <laughs> Give me my car back. Like, Right. And she was mad enough where she may have gone along with it and just given it to him just to get him out of her life. Yeah. 
But I don't know. She also, I mean, she's straight up trying to scam him. So, right. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't think she would have given it back. I think if she's if he said give me my car back, she's like, why? I've earned this car. I deserve it. Like, yeah, I had to put up with your crap, so I'm taking your car. Like, I definitely right. think that would be her her state of mind. Is she's already paid for that car because he lied about who was on the phone? Like, I I wish that's all it took to pay for a car. I, I know, that. right? <laughs> I get you get lied to by a significant other, and that gets you a car now. That'd be amazing. Sweet, Please. Yeah. How many cars would you have? Jeez. Yeah, but just all of this makes no economic sense. He doesn't even care about the fifty thousand. He just wants the car back. It's like, no, I'm no. pretty sure he wants both back. Yes. I mean, I'm sure at this point. I mean, I feel like there has to be some sort of mechanism for being like, this person scammed me. I don't want to pay for their bond anymore. Yes. Like, there I feel has like to there's be a mechanism be. for that. Right? Because you're like, I'm not confident she's going to show up again. And it's like, how do you get your money back after that? Right. I mean, what if what if you bonded somebody and they literally stole from you? you can right. Be like, like, no, you're, you're still on the chain for them? Like, no, I'm not. I, they stole me. They literally Plus, stole my money. Destiny is the kind of person where... Even if she was going to go to court, I feel like she would just not show up just so Sean would lose his money because she was pissed at him. Yes. Having nothing to do with her situation. Yes. She's just I like, oh, I'll think just show up like, the next day or something. Yeah. I totally could see her trying to fake finagle away where it's like, how could I not go to jail but still lose him this $50,000? Yeah. Because I do that. Because it, some of it is always her selfish, right? She just always... Yeah. From the minute we've seen her both seasons, she's just always been like, if I want it, I deserve to have it. Yeah. Like for anything, right? And so that's it. And so she has been very selfish in terms of that, but she's also very, very spiteful. Now, Oh, she definitely the is. The other yeah. question I had, yes, in terms of running scams, in terms of being manipulative and conniving and deceitful, Destiny certainly does run circles around Sean. Yeah. However, that has nothing to do with the fact that he's 47 and she's 29. It has the fact no, that it just has to do with the fact that he's slow. Yeah, he is mentally slow, having nothing to do with his age. I'm pretty sure he was like I'm that like, at 29. Because when she's 29, I promise you, when she has 20 more years of experience of being deceitful and conniving, <laughs> she's going to be better at it. Like, yeah, than him. Than she is right now, than she was when she was 29. Like, oh, gosh, just, just yeah. in terms of years of experience. Right. Plus, Sean's a big dummy. So she, yeah. her being slow, she's not wrong. She, you know, her slowest is his fastest, probably. The age of the two of them has nothing to do with why she can run circles around oh him God, mentally. I know, right? <laughs> like, it's not like they're physically running circles around each other. But anyway. yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, let's move on to Lacey. And actually, it's Lacey and Shane, but neither of them are in this episode. Well, Lacey's in yeah. for a little bit. So Lacey starts by confronting her father about spilling the beans about John. She feels like this was her news to tell and that he, she told him that in confidence. Papa John says that he gets it, but he won't apologize because it was dumb keeping it a secret anyway. John says that giving her advice in this, in this arena might be hypocritical since he was gone so much for Lacey's childhood. Um, so this might be something we learned about in other seasons that I didn't watch, but it's it's not like an abandonment or anything. But he was either in like shipping or in the Navy or something. So he was yeah. at sea for long stretches of time. Lacey says it was really hard on her because when John was gone, her mom turned to drinking and it kind of made her feel like she had no parents at all. John was like, yeah, I get it. But, you know, you need to figure these things out now because he likes Shane and he doesn't want her to ruin it. And Shane is like the... Of all the people, Shane is like the first guy that he likes that she's been with. <laughs> so he's pretty mad and he just keeps getting more and more steamed that Lacey seems to be keeping John in the closet. Okay. So after getting really worked up to this meeting with Lacey, um, Dad John goes on his way to visit with Con John to tell him to cut it out with texting L Lacey. Con John says that Papa John has always had it out for him and he had some balls showing up since after the last time they talk, which is in an old episode where Lacey needed to separate them to keep them from fighting. So Papa John comes to the house and comes in really hot, yelling about how he doesn't want to wait, want any noise from John. And then John is like, you're really trying to push my buttons and maybe I'll punch you. So then, you know, Papa is like, fine, bring it on. Hit me, God. hit me. It's an obvious oh attempt to get gosh. him back in trouble. Yeah. It really is. 
So Khan John sees through this ruse and doesn't, you know, step up and actually throw any punches. He says he's not trying to get back with Lacey and just wants to know if she was the one that called the cops that night. Papa John says, damn right she did. And at this point, the, the two Johns kind of seem to come to an agreement that, you know, Con John should leave Lacey alone. Mm-hmm. So, now they, they both said that in this instant, but, you know, now that John has the answer he's looking for, do you really think he's going to be able to leave Lacey alone? Well, okay, what I can maybe see happening is Con John having kind of like a final confrontation with her kind of venting off you know his frustration like i thought i really loved you i can't believe you did that to me that was really messed up and then after him having that final confrontation just kind of letting her go i can see that happening or i could see him just like going away but honestly the fact that she you know took him basically was the reason why he went back to jail I don't think he is going to be able to forgive her for that now that they don't have, you know, uh, any kind of family kind of holding them together. Because as we said before, you know, he thought that they had a kid together. And so, you know, he was more willing to work things out when things were bad. But now that that's not the case, I honestly don't see any motivation for him to go back to her. I, I can see it still taking him time to... Um, come to the realization maybe that she did call the cops because I think at this point he's going to be like yeah I'm disappointed and she did it and I think the more he thinks about it he's going to be like wait that asshole wants me out of the picture like of course he's going to say she called the cops on me because that's right. going to keep that me away that was the other thing like, yeah he's, he's probably lying about it so I have to really find out from Lacey like I think and so he's going to keep coming back I think it'll work for a little while and then he's going to his brain's going to be working and it's gonna he's going to come to the conclusion that the only person he'll believe about this is hearing it from Lacey's mouth, from hearing it from Lacey. Right. And then who knows if she'd actually tell the truth, too. Because, you know, like, on the one hand, like, assuming that she actually did do it, maybe she would tell him the truth now that she's pregnant with someone else's kid. But if she didn't do it, then I don't think she's going to lie Lie and say she did did. just to, you know, keep him away. Yeah, I think that's true. I just... I'm not sure... We still haven't established how much she wants him away. Like she's yeah. definitely with Shane, but she's not as as all in with Shane as Shane is with her. I think she is just the kind of person, and this kind of goes along with what she was saying, feeling abandoned as a child, where she mm-hmm. always wants to have a backup. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's always the needs that one attention. Right yeah, and the reality is, is that John is the one reaching out to Lacey, so he's giving her attention. Right, right. And she doesn't have to work for it. And it's easy just to keep him, you know, on the chain just right, just in case right. anything happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. She definitely has a history of doing that. Right. Kind of putting someone on the back burner until, you know, they are called upon. Right. She needs someone. Right. And I mean, it, like I said, it makes a whole lot of sense when she talked about this whole big thing at the restaurant. She talked about how abandoned she felt as a child. Like. And it wasn't like, you know, like I said, it wasn't that John abandoned her at all because, you know, he was working. But, you know, he felt, look at the mother's alcoholism, that she felt like she didn't abandon. It's a really, it seems like a common, like, response is to be like, well, I can't, I can't let myself be in a situation where I'm completely reliant on one person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of reliant on one person, we've got John and Christiana. So John is busying himself outdoors, cleaning all the cars that have giant Bonnie and Clyde decals on them. He's trying to get ready for Christiana's return, but he's also avoiding Tara since she's packing up to leave. And he thinks it's awkward and uncomfortable. Tara doesn't really believe that she has to leave just because she has an open charge because she thinks that she hasn't been convicted. So it's all right. She thinks it's just an excuse because her and John have feelings for each other. She's heading to Dubuque to stay with her ex, which concerns John because he fears it will be a trigger, but he says that he's tapped and he really can't offer anything else. Tara's a little jealous. John is all of a sudden buying all these nice things and fixing up the house for someone else, her sister, Christiana. And she throws it out there that John went to prison for fraud, so maybe that's how he can afford this lifestyle now, but not when she first moved in and could have actually benefited from it. 
Tara says that she will be back to visit with Christiana, and John tells her not to because if the house is being monitored, then Christiana could get in trouble. But then John tells us that if Christiana ever saw John and Tara together, she would know something's up and see the spark between them, and he would be in trouble. John forcefully says that if Tara comes here, he's going to have to ask her to leave, and Tara is taken aback. She says she will let Christiana move in and get settled, but she is going to have to have a talk with her sister. Tara claims that Christiana doesn't know John, but she knows and she vows that she'll be back. All right. So at this point, we know that Tara plans on telling Christiana about, you know, whatever flirtations going on with her and John. Do you think it's out of spite now or out of genuine concern for her sister? Oh, I thought it was out of spite last week. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what it does to help her sister to tell her mm-hmm. that. Right? Maybe that her man isn't as oh. faithful or loves her as much that could have a wandering eye, like kind of as a warning, like, listen, he was willing, well, you know, we were just pushing the borders of cheating you know maybe he'll do that again with someone else like once a cheater always a cheater right but she already knows he's a cheater mm-hmm. like that that's already established information that he i i assume yeah. that he is he i uh, maybe not that you know he, he said he's cheated in every relationship he's ever had right that's already like a thing right. and it's like does she think that this is going to move christiana to leave him um because She's kind of stuck with him. I mean, I just it just seems like she wasn't going to tell her until he was like, you have to move out. At which point she was like, well, Christiana needs to know. And I was like, oh, hmm. So let's see what what was the real concern here. As soon as as soon as you feel like you got the bad end of the bargain, that's when you decided that Christiana needs to know. Like and I also don't know the rules for this. Like, I feel like they should be, and I'm I'm not saying that they are. I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that anybody's ignoring anything at all. But, like, I feel like when you're doing this, you know, making these rules and be like, you can't live with your sister, the next logical question is like, well, can I talk to her? I feel like that should be explicitly clear whether that's allowed or not. Not like a, I wonder, I don't know, I don't think so. Yeah, they probably should be more clear because I think the whole idea about uh, having two convicts like in communication is like they're concerned about possibly conspiring with one another. Right. You can do that on the phone. You don't have to be hanging out with one another to do that. Yeah, I don't know what the yeah the physical proximity, especially in this day and age when everybody has right. you know it's WhatsApp virtual and things. Yeah, like yeah. and yeah, and everybody's everybody's you know been talking to each other virtually all the time anyway. Like so, it's not like and so yeah. And what and what are you going to catch them using signal? I guess they wouldn't let her have signal on her phone. Hmm. I guess they could check her phone. I'm thinking about yeah. Like, they could check they, her phone records to see who's been calling. Yeah, because that is ah that's that's a that's still a tough pull. But like. I don't know. What do you think about? Because the other thing is she implied. Sound like she implied that John was frauding again. Yes. She definitely was trying to set up something to be like, well, he was really poor and this house was really run down. And then all of a sudden, I'm just saying, what did he get put in prison for? Fraud, you know? So maybe he's running his game again. And that's how he can afford all these nice things. I I mean, it was funny because I doubt that because I feel like. Yeah, I kind of do, too. If you're going to fraud for nice things they should be nicer yeah they stopped making firebirds in 2002 (laughs) so that's the newest that car can possibly be yeah so you got that that um (laughs) weird upholstered uh boat you know like oh yeah yeah super old and you know so like that i mean those are things that you know if you happen to catch the right person trying to unload this you could get it for a couple hundred dollars i'm yep, sure absolutely maybe absolutely. a thousand maybe a thousand exactly yeah. that's definitely not definitely not always fraud yeah i'm gonna fraud and put myself in risk for jail so i can get a freaking 20 year old pontiac come on yeah. man all right <laughs> Yeah, so, but I guess to her point, she's just kind of like, why would I have to live in the rundown house? Why is he putting in so much effort for my sister? It's kind of like... like, Because he's married to your sister? Yes, yes. That's a pretty obvious answer. Yeah, and I feel like that is what's making her kind of jealous. I feel like jealousy definitely is kind of pushing this. 
And I wonder a little bit if she's kind of hoping that Christiana does leave John because she can't trust him. And then I kind of feel like Tara's like, okay, well, leaves him open for me. Yeah, I definitely feel like she's really salty that John is more committed to Christiana than to her. Yeah. Because she's at the point now where you're married to her, but you know me better. Like, you know me better than you know her because I've lived with you for whatever long. So it's... And so so I wonder if it's going to backfire when she tells Christiana, right? Mm -hmm. No, we were kind of getting flirting and close to cheating. And she's going to be like, why were you flirting and almost cheating with my husband, you psycho bitch? Like, I could totally (laughs) see it going that way, too. So that's kind of funny. I just, Christiana just seems so easygoing. I can't really picture her getting mad about anything. I mean, I'm sure it'll bother her, but she'd just be like, oh, well... I could see her almost like blaming herself for that situation. Oh, you know? if I like, wasn't in jail. Oh, well, I went to prison, yeah. you know, like, you know, people have their needs. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's, yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I know. I think we just don't know Christiana We enough. don't know her that much. We don't know yeah. her that well because we kept, we, we saw her in the last season. She was back in jail and she was only, you know, she was mostly in the halfway house before she got put in jail. Right, um, and so and I just I and I'm on John's side that because of what happened last time, because she violated the parole last time. I feel like they're gonna be like have a really watchful eye on her, mm-hmm. like this time, and like she yeah. really can't step out of line at all. Yeah, definitely. All right, so people, other people who are trying not to step out of line are Amber and Puppy. So Amber and Puppy are on their way to see a lawyer to talk about this whole Vince adopting puppy god makes no damn sense even puppy seems confused about how the whole thing works and it seems sketchy to just about everyone (laughs) so the lawyer nicole seems not to be quite as lost as everyone else behind what this even is amber explains that um she was supposed to be sent he was supposed to be sending them checks um and he's not so they want to get this whole thing discarded um, he uh, Vince, of course, says he never gets the che- he never's gotten the checks. Nicole can't say for sure whether or not he's been getting the extra money that he would get having independent on his VA benefits. But she does notice that the way they wrote out the the adoption, puppy is now Vince's heir, so she would be get the benefits of his entire estate in the case that he dies. Which I may think she would mostly want the widow's benefits, but I don't think there's much other than that. Nicole says that it's probably better in that case that Puppy, you know, keep this adoption on the books because it's not like it's costing Puppy any money. She, and Nicole then in a camera um, interview seems to be pretty confident about whatever it is that's going on. Uh, Vince is running a scam. Yeah. She says, usually you, you think it's the people in prison running scams, but actually they get scammed a lot. Uh, but they are also confused because Nicole says... Um, that um, she would that that in order for this to work, she would have had to sign something. And Puppy says she never signed anything to make this go through. So there was likely some forgery involved. And since this is the case, potentially they could personally sue Vince and get some money from him. But if they want to hire Nicole's services for that, her retainer is fifteen thousand dollars. So that's not going to happen. On the way home, Puppy has a lot of jokes about what to do with Vince now, like, you know, bump him off so she can get the money. (laughs) But under it all, she seems pretty pissed because she's pretty confident at this point that he is getting those extra checks and he's just pocketing the money. Amber, at this point, just wants to cut ties and be done with Vince. But uh, now Puppy plans to call up Vince and say, hey, you know what? End the adoption now on your end or we'll call and, you know. Tell, let everybody know how you forged my signature, uh, which she describes as blackmail, which I don't know if that counts as blackmail. Mm-hmm. So she calls Vince and asks if he's if he's canceled it yet. This leads to a weird phone fight since Vince says that she's coming incorrectly. God, and he's an idiot. if she wants it taken care of, then she can go do it. As soon as Puppy mentions that she never signed any papers, he suggests that she go educate herself. And says that he feels like he's been shysted by her and Amber. He claims he was trying to do what was best for her and then hangs up. Amber's really confused because, you know, you don't, don't you usually get something out of someone if you shyst them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Puppy, Puppy at this point half jokes about confronting him with everything they know from Nicole the lawyer. Amber's 
concern is just, let's just be done with this. It could be over. Let's just stop. But Puppy's goals seem to be more like um, what she wants to do is screw Vince over. <laughs> so then in your opinion, what is the better move? Amber's version of let's just get let's just ignore Vince and move on or Puppy's version of let's make Vince pay? <laughs> That's actually a really good question. I don't actually know. I love these girls, by the way. They're so funny. <laughs> um, I can absolutely see why each of them have their respective opinions because you could see the look on Amber's face when Puppy was talking to Vince. She is so over this guy. She never wants to hear this guy's name, see this guy's face, Fair. hear this guy's voice for the rest of her life. So I completely understand where Amber's coming from. Let's just do what we can. If we have to throw money at the situation, whatever, I don't ever want to hear from this guy. And she even said, like, this just ruined my day. Puppy, on the other hand, doesn't have really an opinion about Vince other than she thinks he's an idiot. Right, because she never even like, to, like she never had to yeah. spend any time with him, right? No, she just thinks he's a weirdo, and she kind of just wants to mess with him at this point because she does. She feels like she's been somehow like wronged or taken advantage of, and so she's just kind of like she's not interested in really getting justice. She just wants to like just you know revenge on Vince, and I get that because that's part of her personality, and that's what makes it funny to me. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, you're right because you watch Amber, and she is just oh she's disgusted. Vince disgusts her. Like, yes. just disgusts her. And yeah. so she's just like, move on. But I, but Puppy is just like, hmm. And I, 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 it's one of those things that I know Amber is probably right. And the mm -hmm. healthiest thing for everyone is to just cut ties, move on, forget the past. But man, oh man, I totally get, oh, I want to screw this guy over. He's an asshole. Right. And I want to see him squirm. Like, I, I totally get the impulse there. But I don't even think like Amber's way is really an option because if let's say that it, it seems like Vince forged her signature if the adoption went through. Yes. Right. And if Puppy really didn't sign anything, because we don't really know for sure. Who knows if Puppy signed something or not. Right. So if Vince forged the signature and he says he's getting it taken care of, which it doesn't really seem like he is. Right. What would the motivation for him getting it taken care of be other than but, yeah. if they were to do something on their end to get him into trouble? But he's already done the worst part of it. Right. Which is forging the signature. Right. Forging the signature and continuing to get the benefits. And then, and then you're also running into time, too, because I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that. If it keeps tolling because he keeps cashing in these benefits that he's not entitled to because yeah. he fraudulently forged a signature. So I don't know what's on with that. But, yeah, they're not getting anything out of him because, I mean, let's both face it. He's probably still broke. He doesn't. There's nothing to get out of him. Right, right. right so the, and, I, I just don't see him actually doing why what would he, he do says it? He he's going to do. No, there, is, you're right, there is no incentive for him to actually end this thing. Well, plus what he said in that conversation made absolutely zero sense. It did not. When they were just like, okay, well, we need to dissolve this adoption. He's like, educate yourself. Do research. Anytime like, anybody says mean? educate yourself, that is a huge tell. That is such a big tell. It's like, that but they educate yourself on you. what? It makes no sense. Okay, I'm going to educate yourself, myself on the process. How is that going to help me? Well, Dissolve I mean, I think the process was, you. I think hit, educate yourself was meaning, meaning trying to mean like I could totally and legally do this um, without your signature at all. It was very legal and very cool. Like educate yourself. <laughs> right. So um, that's, I think what it was. But I mean, we also kind of had that thing in the back of with the lawyer, you know, having said, oh, no, it's impossible to do this without your signature. <laughs> and so right. it was definitely a dramatic irony we had set up there where we like. Had the, and it was great, honestly. It was good storytelling by the producers to put those in that order where they mm -hmm. kind of educate us on what the law is and then have Vince be like, you don't you just don't know anything, dummy. You should yeah. know. I'm, I'm your better. Listen to me. Oh, my God. He's such an idiot. And he said he it, did it to help her. And it's like, help me How what? was she benefiting I, I did at not all. benefit from this at all. 
Yeah, I mean, if the original plan had gone through and, like, he was actually sending the money like he originally said, then yes, I could see how they're benefiting. And maybe then I could see how they're somehow shysting you. But Amber brought up a perfect point. Like, don't people who shyst people actually get something for it? We've right. Got what do we get? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst shysters in the world. We're like, we've actually been to prison, so I know we can do this. <laughs> We have the knowledge and the power to do right. this. Right. We have the ability. It's been proven, right. sure. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this law office that they went to. It did not seem very professional, considering, like, they're in, what, Atlanta area, Georgia? Uh, I don't know if they're in Atlanta. Georgia's big. I know they're in Georgia. Okay. I don't know how far they are from Atlanta. But mm-hmm. I've... law offices are weird, because unless it's like yes. a really unless it's like a really big firm, Right, mm-hmm. you get a lot of these little ones, and especially when they're dealing with things like VA benefits or Social Security benefits and things like that, mm-hmm. it's usually just like above a store or something. Like it's like just a, whatever off, random office space they could get that was cheap, because those those tend to be. And again, if we're if we're assuming this lawyer probably primarily dealt with VA benefits, mm-hmm. right? Like she probably doesn't see all that many clients like in person. That makes sense. Because I am say she wasn't really professionally dressed either. Yeah. And yeah. So why I did she know... keep on saying, like, well, if something were to happen to him, I was like, I feel like this is like a plot for hire or right. something. Right. It's like, yeah, it's very, very kind of mob talk. Here, let me slip you my Rolodex. It would be unfortunate if some accident would befall him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I definitely felt like there was a lot of that being set up. I was like, what is she getting at over here? This doesn't seem like a very professional law office. <laughs> or at least not, I don't know, a, a straight and narrow law office. Right. This is like your mob law office. Yeah, I definitely like, I, I do like the lawyer, though, that was she's just like, I mean, she was, she didn't all out and out say it, but she was like, I'm not sure exactly how this is a scam, but it definitely is a scam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So my thought is, like, to make them all just happy about it, right? Just why can't they just report him, right? I mean... Because it seems like whatever he's doing is illegal. So why can't they just report him? Well, I mean, it's it's tricky because the only illegal part, I think, is the part where he forged a signature. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you could say... But, it, yeah... I mean, because it seems to me it'd be like you report him and be like, uh, apparently I've been adopted by somebody and I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't sign off on <laughs> I that. I didn't sign off on this. I don't even because she could even go further and be like, I don't even know who this dude is. Like some random right. dude just said I adopted me. Uh, I feel like if it went higher up, then they could like yeah, pull your phone records out. and be say like, this well, some clearly you've guy. been yeah. uh, talking to him. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough, but yeah, right. anonymous tip: a uh, random guy adopted me. For no reason. Yeah. yeah. I, don't even live I, I still don't even know how it's even legal. That just seems so odd. Like, I think this was kind of going around on Reddit when um, their season was first up. And, you know, uh, I think people were pointing out that this law was really intended for people who needed to be adult dependents. Right. Right. Sure. But, I mean, if you're able to be independent as an adult, like, why would you need to be adopted? So why is this legal in this context? Right. There should be some sort of burden to prove that the person needs it, you know, needs um, care. adult care. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, right. Definitely. All right. So uh, what about your student of the week? So my student of the week was Gil. Okay. Um, I mean, just he seemed like a good guy. He didn't. He didn't make a scene. I don't think he was surprised that Cindy was there. Didn't make yeah. a scene about it. You know, talked to Brittany like an adult. Uh, you know, to- warned her what was going on. I mean, it's always slim pickings. At, at slim pickings as it is. Oh so it's God! Like, it you know, really I always was. feel like, oh look, there's someone who behaved like an adult is supposed to behave. That student <laughs> of the week material there, fantastic. Yeah, definitely low bar, low bar. Low uh, bar. So student of the week, I actually said Conjon. Like okay. he definitely Fair. was getting baited into a fight. He tried to keep it focused. Oh, did you notice his friend was like all creepy, like in the oh, uh, like, window, <laughs> like just, you know, like ready to jump out if he needed backup, it seemed like. But, you know, like Papa John was definitely trying to instigate something. And Kanjon, 
yeah, he talked it up, but when it really came down to it, he was just like, it's not worth it. He de-escalated the situation and, you know, they, I think they both kind of got what they wanted out of the confrontation in the end. So, Uh you know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they did. They did. They both, yeah, more or less. He got got an answer. Papa John, you know, felt like he did something to keep him away. He got the assurance that that Con John would stay away. Sure. Yeah. I hear it. All right. right. Dunce. So it's easy to say Sean, but I'm going to go with Destiny. Okay. Right? Because, like, we kind of just kind of chalk this up to her personality, but Mm. to throw the ring at him and drive off in his car, it's garbage. (laughs) To be like, I'm done with you, but not your money. I will keep taking your money, but I'm done with you. Like, you can't, that that to me is a have your cake and eat it too type Uh of situation. It's fine that she's disgusted that he lied to her and she wants nothing to do with him anymore. She is well within the right to do that. But if you're going to cut him off, you need to cut him all the way off and not keep taking his money. Because at that point, you're just stealing. Like, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So my dunce is Sarah. I'm sorry. Like, you're going to sleep with Michael. Like, you, girl, you're never going to learn your lesson. I'm I'm done. I'm done with you. Yeah. I mean, so that goes into my life lesson. My life lesson is, is like, if you're still, if you can still successfully flirt with your ex, you're not really exes yet. Yeah. <laughs> you, you aren't, you aren't really exes yet. Like if, if that kind of works, if you giggle and take it back, if you feel the need to, to, I don't know, I don't know it's, it's like weird. I can't know the way to do it. If you flirt with your ex, then you're not done with each other. And you need to especially not bring new people into that and think you can move on because you can't. Right. Okay. So I, okay. So my life lesson may actually uh, apply to, you know, Amber and Vince and to uh, Sean and Destiny. Just be very careful about entangling your life with someone you just don't know much about because if things go south, you'll have to deal with this person until you can get your affairs in order. Right. right. You'll never actually be separate from this person. So I feel like we've had a couple couples that really this applies to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, also, I would say it also applies to the ones that are that are gone. Um, Lindsay and Scott. Yeah. Same kind yeah. of deal. Right. Yep. You're stuck living together, but it's like it's just, you can't it, not just, live together. A few of them. I don't think this applies to Amber Vince, but it definitely applies to the other two. It's like. You have to be realistic about what it is because both of those, both of those guys, both of those guys were like, ah, but we know, we, yeah, we never seen each other, but we know each other so well. I know her so well, and it's like, do you? <laughs> obviously, obviously not. Obviously, you don't. yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so uh, it's gonna keep going. Next week, we're actually gonna see Christiana. It seems like it looks like it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. All we saw in the uh, we also saw there's uh, Chevelle is yelling at Quaylen. Oh so. gosh, well that didn't last long. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. sounds good. We'll find out about it soon enough. Yes, we will. All right. Uh-huh. Until next week. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.